0: My name is Allison Franz. I am a best selling author and creator of Mindset Mastery Live. And if you want to learn to design your best life and have the courage to live it, you should be listening to the More Than Corporate podcast with my good friend Amber Furman as much as possible.
1: Welcome to the More Than Corporate podcast. I'm Amber Furman, recovering perfectionist and serial accomplisher. If you're anything like I used to be, you've been living your life thinking that if you accomplish enough stuff, you'll finally find the success you've always wanted. But what if it's not about accomplishing more stuff? What if it's about accomplishing the right stuff? I believe you don't find success, you create it by intentionally designing the life you want and having the courage to get out of your comfort zone to live your design. I went from doing what I was supposed to do to doing what I love to do and now I get to help others do the same. Keep listening as I chat with inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day and learn how you too can live the life you've always wanted. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the More Than Corporate podcast. I am super excited to be able to live stream this to the Facebook community, Success Center. Obviously on Facebook. So if you want to have first access to these videos and have the opportunity to ask our guests some pretty awesome questions, head over, join that community, and be involved in this process. I have Allison France with us today. And Allison, on top of being just an amazing human being and a great friend of mine, is a mindset and business coach for entrepreneurs, as well as a speaker and best selling author. Allison helps impact driven entrepreneurs to grow their business. Business faster through her mindset mastery process, which is a holistic way to grow your business as quickly as possible and set yourself up as a limitless entrepreneur. Allison has a graduate degree from Simmons College with certificates in leadership from both Yale and Simmons. She holds several professional certificates and has been featured on multiple stages and media platforms. She has been interviewed about her work on over 20 shows. I'm super excited to bring Allison onto the show with you today. Before we do that, I just want to remind you that this show is brought to you by Success Development Solutions and the Design Your Life Mastermind. If you are ready to design a life you love, click on the Calendly link underneath this video and let's have a conversation about how we can make that happen. Allison, thank you so much for coming on the show with me today. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: This has been, I feel like so long in the making, like we've been working on getting this done and then we both have these crazy hectic schedules. And so it's just nice to have you here and, and able to share your awesomeness with everybody.
0: I feel the same.
1: Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and dig into who you are. I always like to let the guests get to know you and where you come from. So, um, You have a really interesting story right now, but let's start with what it was like for you growing up. What did you think you were going to be doing as as you're sitting there planning your future, maybe um, 13, 14, 15 years old? What did you think life was going to look like?
0: Well, this is a very interesting question because I'm going to actually back it up to the first grade. I love it. (laughs) When my first grade teacher went around the room and asked everybody, what do you want to be when you grow up? And everybody said, I want to be a firefighter. I want to be a policeman. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a nurse. And I came out with, I want to be the first lady president.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Setting your standards low, right? Yeah. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So what was the driving force behind that? Like, where? What was it like growing up for you that made you think that that was the route you want to go? Because you're right. That's not normally the path people... (laughs) selected first grade.
0: Right. So it's very interesting because I when I think back on it I think I I always had this idea in my head that there should have been a woman president. I don't know why I can remember
1: Cuz you're smart.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I can remember my grandfather coming home from work because my grandmother and grandmother were my primary caretakers when I was about zero to five years old. And I can remember him getting so mad, seeing Ronald Reagan on the TV and being like, (laughs) oh, like so mad about Ronald Reagan. And I I think my little girl brain was just like, yeah, there needs to be a woman. (laughs) Yeah. And I can remember questioning like, why are there not a lot of women on TV? Like there's only like one woman on the news, you know? And there's like, and I'll, so I'll share something that's like really kind of weird and crazy that I'm, I don't usually talk about because I'm not proud of this, but when I, when I was in kindergarten- Those are
1: always the best stories, right? The ones that are like, dude, all right, I'm ready.
0: So when I was in kindergarten, um, probably, I don't know. I'm going to say this is not too long into kindergarten. Um, a little boy came up to me who lived in my neighborhood. We were on the bus, we were on like the mini bus, right? And, and he comes up to me and he goes, boys are stronger than girls. And I go, and I go, oh no, they're not. And I took his pinky finger and I like <laughs> all the way back and he started crying <laughs> and, and like in my head and I guess I thought I was showing him but I think I look back and I think about I'm like why the hell did I do that like you know I don't know why I would have done something like that at that age you know I'm like I don't know the bus monitor came over and like consoled him you know like why did little five-year-old me do that I have no idea so no you've
1: idea. always been a powerhouse. You just <laughs> now don't twist people's arms literally. Um, you help them get out of their own way. So it's been in you the whole time.
0: Okay. I guess that's one way to look at it. That's that's,
1: that's what we're going to go with. Um, so you're obviously not president yet. Um, <laughs> how much did this what you want to be when you grow up moment, how much do you think that that had to do with this path that you've taken? Did you always think that, you know, coaching was a route that you were going to go, or did you kind of find that by intentional accident?
0: Well, it's interesting because, you know, and I think when it goes back to childhood, when we think about those like young and pure memories, some part of that is really connected to our purpose, right? Whether it's like the exact thing or if it's just related, I feel like there's roots there, right? When we're in that... Before we get all the limiting beliefs and people tell us no, and people say, you got to be like this and you got to be like that, right? Before we get all that information, we're just like in our pure form, like before the clay is molded, right? So um, I definitely think that when whatever we're doing later in life, when we're finding our purpose and our passion, it is some way, shape or form related to that now coaching for me is something that i evolved into right so when we fast forward around when i was a teenager for a while i thought i was going to be a dance teacher because i love to dance and then later on when it actually came time to go to college i didn't know what the what the heck i wanted to do so i i took some classes in college and this is what's very interesting so i did two different types of classes to try to uh, figure out what i wanted to do and i took marketing classes And I took social work classes, okay?
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah. So, and what I realized was that the marketing classes were something that I was really, really good at, but had no passion for. And the reason why, when we look back late 90s, early 2000s, all the marketing, it was like marketing Coca-Cola and marketing, you know, Pepsi and marketing like a restaurant, right? And I didn't feel any passion about that. At all. And what I did feel passionate about was like making a difference and helping people. Right. So now we fast forward here. And what am I doing? I'm helping people. And I also get to implement that business piece where I'm helping people to make a difference in the world. Yeah.
1: You know, it's so interesting that you say that because one of the things that I often tell people is like, your dreams can only be understood as much as you'll allow your perception to expand, right? So if we look at you as the first grader that was going to be president, and we go back to understanding what it really was about you that made you want to be president, I would bet that it has everything to do with helping people and making a difference. And then your perception expands and you find ways to fulfill those goals within the means and opportunity that you have while you continue to grow. But so many times we get so laser focused on the thing instead of the purpose that we end up pigeonholing ourselves. And then we sacrifice all of these other areas of success because we think that's the only thing that's going to make us happy. This is one of the most amazing things that you talk about often is that once you dig down and say, hey, what's the purpose for all of this? then you get to expand and say, where else can I find this that doesn't sacrifice my time with my family, that doesn't sacrifice my belief spiritually, that doesn't f- sacrifice all of this stuff. So how did that, you know, my, we're, we're going to get into this a little bit later, but we're on the topic now, this mindset mastery idea of find your purpose. Let's, let's make this happen. How did that come to fruition for you?
0: So again, like everything evolves, right? So at one time I was a social worker and then I was a therapist. And then that started to pivot in my own personal growth journey. I started to realize how much we hold ourselves back as human beings. And I really, really, really started studying that and realizing that we have unlimited possibilities in our life. And so why can't we have unlimited possibilities in the world? Yes, So if there's unlimited possibilities inside every human being, why can't, why can't we just start thinking bigger for the whole entire world, which is why I like to have people really get into their purpose from a stance of what do you want to see in the world? What lights you up? What is your perfect world and how can you be a contribution to that? Right? Because that's what happens when I started studying the, the real truth behind who we are as humans, that is what started to what what started to get clear to me is that we are all just playing way too small. And we need to open up to these possibilities because there's so much going on in the world and we're all complaining about it and saying how how crappy it is, right? But we're not leaning into the truth. We're just complaining, right? So let's lean into the truth, even though the truth may be scary, even though the truth may be uncomfortable, even though the truth might be something totally different than what you've been told your whole entire life. Let's lean into the truth.
1: Or even what you've been telling yourself, right? Like, it's so crazy to think. And and you're right when you say that this unknown is uncomfortable. And then how many times do we get there and we think, man... I'm so glad that I did that, right? It's so scary because we know what this feels like, right? We know what the now feels like. And then we have this idea that whatever we're working towards will be better, but we don't know. And then our brain is like, but wait, you know this. So it's, it's so crazy because one of the things that's written on my wall is don't give up your peace because chaos is comfortable. And I feel like this is exactly what you're talking about. Like we stay in this spot that we don't love. And we're constantly talking about how we want to change. And then all of these opportunities present itself for change. And we convince ourselves why those are the wrong choice and staying stuck is the right choice. And it's all up here where we decided that that we want to stay where we're at so i love the way that you the way that you do this in your program which was um so fantastic and um expanded my perception of you as a coach Um, i had kind of put you in this um energy worker box because of our conversations and you showed me that there was so much more than that to what you do but you have this mission um to change the world and this was one of the things that blew my mind can you talk about the way that you want to change the world and what like your overall our overarching mission is
0: yes absolutely so my real true big mission is to raise world consciousness 200 points in the next 20 years and what that means is, and and so there is a book that sort of gives the background on this power versus force by David Hawkins, where he talks about that we're all, our, our consciousness, like where we're living in our, in our minds is all in this sort of vibrational spectrum, right? And we fall somewhere between zero and a thousand, right? And up in a thousand is where we have our enlightened masters, right? We have, we have, the G- we have the Jesus of Nazareth, we have the Buddha, we have Krishna, we have, right? All the people who people look to for that spiritual guidance, right? And, um, and then we have the people who are really, really low. Like we have the Hitlers and you know, the, the fascists and those people are probably you know, 50 or 75 on the scales or to a thousand, right? And when we look at our consciousness, our consciousness is actually the root cause of every problem that we have in our life and in our world because it's always our thinking that is driving our problems. We think we have a lot of problems but we really only have one and that is our consciousness and the way we are dealing with our lives and solving our problems. So when we are able to raise our consciousness our problems just literally dissipate, right? And it's been estimated that the world consciousness right now is only around like 200, 210, 220, somewhere around there. So we got a long way to go to enlightenment, right? It's because enlightenment is when all the problems are solved, right? So- and,
1: and where is the, I remember you saying it on scale, is it 400 or 500, where that enlightenment starts to happen? What's that number?
0: So uh, 400 is when you start getting good. 400 is where they start to consider yourself like somewhat of a spiritual teacher. 500 is what they call the level of love when you're you're more in love than fear because sort of love and fear are sort of the main two driving emotions beh- behind all of our thoughts and our paradigms, right? And, um, and 700 is where enlightenment actually starts. Got right? it. Yeah.
1: You know, I, it's really cool to me because as I've, dug into NLP, um, I, I don't know if I ever told you this story, but the first time that I ever did the life wheel, you're familiar with the wheel of life, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so the first time that I ever did that, it, one of the options was spirituality. And as you're supposed to rank yourself from zero to 10, obviously on what, um, where you fall in that section of life. And I looked at it and I was like, I am so unrelated to this right now that I crossed it out and put it, as something else. I don't even remember what I replaced it with. And then I remember like digging into NLP and realizing that because of the way that I was raised, I had constantly associated spirituality with religion. And I was so adamant that I was not gonna go down that religious path again, that I had decided to convince myself I wasn't spiritual. And as I went through this this transformation, all of a sudden that spirituality started like poking itself back up and I started to become me again in relation to that. Um, What's really interesting to me is that when we're incongruent with something, like we feel it in our body. And so for you, when you were um, talking to us about where we thought we fell on the scale. Like you could tell whether we were being honest with that or not by how much resistance was in our body. And to think all the things that we do in our life that we're not congruent with are just adding stress and resistance to our body and how amazing it would be and how healthy we would be if we just learned how to listen to what it is we really wanted and act on it. So with your program and, and this mission, how is, how can, how can you realistically make this happen? Like when you, when you put together the plan, what does that look like for you? How are you executing that?
0: So my long-term plan is to have a school, right? So I plan to have like a big, big time school. So that's what I'm actually building up toward. And at that point, when we're at, when I'm at the school level, we're gonna really um, be reaching out to some uh, very large, uh, very large entrepreneurs and corporations and and things of that nature. Um, and I think, despite all the chaos in the world right now, I feel like it's setting me up for the school. So I love it good
1: thing. I love it. And the school just to clarify being um not like education based like people would think of as a K through 12 school but education based as this enlightenment and world consciousness based. Is that right?
0: Yeah, it's a uh, yeah, it's for change makers. I yeah. love it. I love
1: it. All right, so let's talk for just a minute about this mindset mastery that you have and um, what the purpose is of that and how people can get involved.
0: Yeah, so so mindset mastery is really about creating the inner and outer foundation to really become limitless in your business so that you can have the impact and the revenue and all the things that you want, all the juicy parts of life and business that really are gonna light you up, right? So in order to do that, right? Because our business is really just a, a reflection of what's going on inside, right? So we need to create you know, the clarity and the alignment and figure out what is the business model that is going to be aligned with us and our clients. And then we got to look at money and let go of all those struggles and all the things that are stopping us from possibly having those really large revenue streams that are going to help us to make a difference. And then we got to look at our personal power and really Delve into our mindset and all the things that we are disowning, all those powers that we disown all the time that we actually have, so that we can have that bigger impact and we can really uh, own who we are and own who we do, own own what we do, and you know, and 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 do all the things and really be in that unlimited place. So yeah, our inner is uh, is always. Going to be reflected in our outer, so it's really just a comprehensive way to align our inner and our outer uh, world of business and and bigger mission to really um, get things going and. And, and the fastest way possible because that's really what it is. It's about alignment. When we don't have alignment, we have inertia and we're moving slower and we're not making money and we're doubting ourselves.
1: Yes, it's so it's so true. It's just like that friction, right? Like when you're not aligned, it's like driving down the road with your e-brake on and your car's working so hard to go. Mm-hmm. Like you're working so hard to go in a direction. And I know that everybody listening to this has felt this at some point in time in some area of your life where you've made a decision and then everything seemed to just get out of the way and everything seemed to just fall into place for that. Um, And, and I, I'm really working hard not to use that word because I don't believe things fall into place. Like we work hard to put them there. Right. (laughs) And so like, I, I realized, um, how often I say fall into place. And then I was like, crap, I have put a ton of work into making things fall into place. Like it makes (laughs) it sound easier than it is. Damn it. (laughs) So I love it. And, and this is live or virtual.
0: So, um, wait, the, the mindset
1: mastery. Sorry.
0: Mindset mastery. Right now, it's virtual, um, but there is going to be a live, a live version coming in probably 2022.
1: So I, I love it. And when you do the live version, are you going to keep the virtual one? Do you know yet?
0: So what I'm leaning toward doing is I'm going to have I'm going to have a virtual version and a live version that are going to be a little bit different, but on the same track.
1: Love it. Love it. Um, So for um, the virtual version that currently exists, if people want to find out more about this, where can they go to check it out?
0: Yeah, you can go to mindsetmasterylive.net and you will get all the info there and you can sign up.
1: Love it. All right, let's switch gears for just a minute because with everything that you've done—your your book, your uh, mindset mastery—you know all of the things that you have accomplished—I um, am really excited to dig into this conversation with you about success and failure, and comfort zones, and all of the wonderful topics that we talk about that, you know, people don't talk about at dinner tables. Unless you're us, I feel like that's all we talked about at dinner, but it was amazing. Um, So I start this off by asking everybody this question. What exactly does success mean to you? Do you have a definition for it?
0: You know, success is interesting as I just think it's an interesting word you know, and it's funny because about a month or two ago, we did um, a clubhouse room on success, like kind of like, you know, I think it was does, um, you know, does making a lot of money equal success or it was something along the lines. I can't remember the exact wording of our room, but it was like, does X equal success? One of those types of things. And it was interesting. And, um, you know, success really is personal right i think that there was a time when people defined success as basically looking good right it, it, success was looking good right you, you have a degree and you have a job and you you and you're living your life right that's success right so but i think success is so much different than that and i think this has to do with us evolving like the human race evolving, right? So, 50 years ago, or whatever time frame we want to pick, 30 years ago, 80 years ago, right? Life was different. So, now we are so much more connected. And I feel like we are evolving to a higher place where those old things just don't do it for us anymore. You know, so it used to be like, okay, you graduate high school and then you get married and then, you know. Yeah. In- job and then you have the kids and then you just I mean it's so unconscious like what do you even uh, like what is the purpose of that you know like not that you can't have those things but infuse some purpose and some happiness and some passion like I cannot imagine just like being married to someone and just like waking up in the morning gotta go to work okay come home wipe the kids butt and go to bed like and then you do- and
1: me both, lady. You and me both.
0: <laughs> and no no nothing against anyone who wants to do that, but I just can't imagine that. Yeah, um, that me, for me neither. Not fulfillment. And not that those things can't be a part of my life, but not in that way. There needs to be more. Like there needs to be like something infused in that. And that's and that's for me, that's helping people to make a difference, helping people to make impact in the world. Right. And that's my thing. Once you add that into the mix, I can do all those other things. Yeah, for sure. are, are, Are great.
1: You know, it's so interesting because I, you know, it, if we would have looked at you know, depending on how old the listener is of this podcast, if we were to talk to our parents or definitely our grandparents and would have had the conversation that I'm not fulfilled at work, they would have looked at you with their eyes glazing over going, I don't understand what these two things have to do with each other. Like you're not supposed to be happy at work. <laughs> and and I think that happy and fulfillment are two different things. So let me just clarify that, but um, you're you're not supposed to, like work is work. Like for so long, it was like, it's It's not meant to be enjoyment. It's meant to provide for your family. It's meant to create an outcome. It's meant to give you financial success. And then, you know, with the millennial generation and then coming into whatever this generation is now, I lost track. um, We have shifted to, okay, you can have both. Like, why do I have to sacrifice my, my fulfillment and my happiness I'll just find something that makes me happy, and so I I love seeing that shift. But you're right; it's generational.
0: Yeah, and it's funny, like y- you know, I think the purpose of work used to be like to appreciate the weekends. Right? Yeah. And, yeah. And it's funny. My, my so my father had it in his head that my perfect career was going to be if I was a teacher, because they get because weeks- you get
1: the summers off, right? Yeah. yeah. 12,
0: vacation a year, summers off, twelve weeks of vacation a year. That is the ideal life to
1: live, be a teacher. Or you can just build a life you don't need a vacation from and then you don't have to worry about it. Right. And it's crazy because, uh, you know, people ask me that, that people that are not in the entrepreneurial space will ask me, when are you, when are you off? And I'm like, whenever I'm not working. Like that's just the way it goes, right? And and so this is where boundary setting comes into place so much because I feel like for us who love what we do, you've built a life that you don't need a vacation from. You have this purpose, you have this passion. How do you make sure that you are providing time for yourself, for your family, for the other things that need to go on, and setting and maintaining those boundaries?
0: really what I do is I have kind of like, I have a little bit of structure and then I also follow my intuition. So what I, I try to really stay in tune with my body, you know, and and like listen to it and, and think about, you know, when I need a day or two off and and that sort of thing. But also a lot of it is, uh, and, and there is also some structure, some structures are in place, right? So for instance, The weekends, I try to take off. I don't always get them off, but I try to take them off. And a lot of times I do have them off. You know, I have, I kind of decided that if I do some work on the weekend, it's probably going to be Saturday and I'm going to try to be done by like two or three, and then I'll take Sunday off unless of course I have an event or something big coming up. Then I'll have to work on the Sunday. Or, you know, and then there's always those gray areas, right? So there have been times when um, somebody says to me, Hey, let's do a, a room on Clubhouse on Sunday, or let's do a, a, a room on Clubhouse on Saturday afternoon, right? And is that working? Kind of, because I got my work brain on, but I'm not actually working, but I could end up working if somebody DMs me something and then we start having a work conversation, you know? So it's like, that's another thing about being an entrepreneur. It's like being able to figure out like, am I working or not? Like, yeah. you know, there's a lot of those times when you're kind of in the gray and you're like, I'm, I'm kind of working, but not working, working. Well, yeah. and
1: especially when your circle starts to overlap, right? I feel like when you're first starting as an entrepreneur, you have this business circle and then you have this personal circle. But then as you grow and as you're, you figure out your passion and you align with other like-minded people, you get together and that circle starts to mesh, and and you before you know it, just like you know the event that we were at where we were having dinner and it was an off time. Yet we were still talking about these topics that maybe weren't technically business related, but they're related to mindset and they're related to all the things that we find important. Um, and I think that that what's interesting is that those conversations that we think are important, our mindset, growth, personal growth, personal development, it's so easy for us to go down the rabbit holes with that. And that's what makes us great at what we do, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I also think that one of the differences as well is that when we really are aligned with our purpose and our passion, it's really us you know, it's a part of who we are. Yes. No what we're doing, and no matter where we are, some amount of that core part of us is going to be there and present, and it's going to come out if given the opportunity.
1: <laughs> yeah. So let's myth, let's um, bust a myth here for just a minute, though, because we're going down this topic of it's always been in you, which is very DNA based, and I feel like one of the most harmful statements that any that has ever been put out into the universe is that. Um, being an entrepreneur is something that you were either born to do or you can't do it at all. And and that drives me nuts because everything is learned. Like, So for you, um, what what is your response to that? Do you think that you can learn to be an entrepreneur or do you think it's something that you're born with the ability to do?
0: I, absolutely, I think anyone can do it. However, you have to want it. Not everybody it probably has, probably not everyone is going to want it enough right but 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 i do believe that if you really get in tune with that passion and that impact that you want to make like that core part of you those values that stuff that lights you up that you want to bring to the world that's in that's that's your gift when you really get in in touch with your passion and your gifts that will drive you to want to become an entrepreneur, right? So it's funny. So yeah. I have I have this friend who was just talking the other day about how I never wanted to be an entrepreneur. I had no intention of it. Somehow I ended up one, right? And she talks about how it took me a long time to get it straight and to get it right because I didn't really want to do this, but it, it called me, you know, I wanted to make an impact and I wanted to do these things, you know? And I figured a yeah. the way.
1: And you know and it's really interesting cuz sometimes it's not even necessary the calling for the impact that Um, Creates that. You know, in my, I have a very similar story. I did not want to be an entrepreneur. Um, I didn't want to be a business owner. And I had convinced myself, so let's go back to the stories we tell ourselves and the frames that we put around our own pictures. I convinced myself that I didn't have any entrepreneurial influences in my life. Um, And I, all I heard was my mom in my head saying, work a nine to five, you know, you don't want to be a business owner, get a government job, because those are the best, right? government's not going anywhere. And um, I I didn't realize until I really started digging back into my memories and looking at my upbringing, that the reason my mom was so adamant on that is because she had to be the opposite part of my dad. Who owned his own business and was constantly up and down. And then my grandma, um, my dad's mom, who had multiple businesses. And that was where the entrepreneurial influence came in. So I'm having this conversation with my mom, and I said, You know, I didn't think I had any entrepreneurial influence and she like starts laughing and she says amber that's all you had was entrepreneurial influence i did everything i possibly could to make sure that you kept your feet on the ground and i was like and it's crazy how that's what we choose to listen to right like what did we choose to listen to in our life the part of our upbringing that was go out and do it and fail and learn and everything's going to work out or the part that was like you've got to have some security figure it out I think it's really interesting when we go back into our childhood, which is something you do in your program with people, and we start to realize, "Holy crap, I did have this in me the whole time."
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, so I agree with you. I I think that just like anything else, you know, talent, sports, anything else, um, DNA plays a part in it yet everything can be learned you know if you have one without the other if you have all the dna and none of the desire to learn and none of the hard work um and the work ethic then you're not going to get anywhere and if you have all of the work ethic and none of the dna you're going to be successful one way or another
0: yeah yeah i i i totally think it's really um it's a motivation issue becoming an entrepreneur is really just a matter of motivation And the question is, do you have the motivation to become one? Some of us are more naturally motivated and some of us have to push ourselves a little harder. But yeah, absolutely. I think we can all be entrepreneurs. It's a matter of, it's motivation and it's determination really more than anything. And if you can adhere and be like, damn, I'm not going to do this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's really, that's really, um, I've never seen it or heard it put down into those two things together in the way that you just put it, which I think is so important because it is motivation and determination. You have this amazing product right now in Mindset Mastery Live. And if you go back and look at what that product looked like the first time you launched it, I bet you cringe going, oh my gosh, like what was that? Right. Um, But that's part of the process. It's part of the process. And if you would have never had that imperfect action, then you wouldn't have the amazing product you have now. But so many people do that first imperfect action and then they're like, well, crap, I guess I can't do it. And they go off and do something else. And that's the myth that we want to kill in in this conversation, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny that you say that because um, there's a quote that I love by one of the founders of LinkedIn. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I think it's the co-founder of LinkedIn. And he says if you're not embarrassed about your first launch, you launch too late.
1: Yes. That is one of the first things that I was told for my podcast. If you're not embarrassed by your product, then you launch too late. And I'm like, well, crap, right? Um, And then also this idea that you don't have to have it all figured out. I remember when I started my podcast and I told the person that I was working with, this just feels so backwards because I don't have a business or a product to sell. And he's like, then you're doing it right. He says, cause you start your podcast, you learn what people need. You learn the, the, the messaging, and then it attracts the rest. If you're trying to, to start a podcast to sell something, you're doing it wrong. But I feel like that's the other mistake that people make is they, they create a product and they're like, okay, who wants it instead of getting to know people and saying, what problems can I solve? I'm going to pose that question to you. So with your coaching, your mindset mastery, all of the things you have going on, what problem do you solve?
0: I help entrepreneurs become limitless.
1: I love it. I love it. All right. So um, you are a master at um, programs, a master at coaching, a master at this energetic, amazing um, raising consciousness, which I absolutely love. I want to talk practical tips here for just a minute. I believe that we create the life that we want by intentionally designing it, by creating a blueprint, a plan, then surrounding ourselves with the tools, resources, and people who can help us make that happen. So what is one tactical piece of advice that you have for people to start designing the life they've always wanted if they took action today?
0: So I think one of the biggest keys that we need to always be doing in our life, otherwise we can get stuck, is to be able to reframe, right? So we wanna be able to reframe. And I'm gonna give another, actually, because I think this is tied in, to not attach to outcomes, right? So I would say, be able to reframe and be able to not attach to outcomes because um, first of all, reframing is key because our brain wants to like make fun of ourselves right like our, our brain our brain is our worst critic right so we want, we need to be able to get creative and instead of being like no that's not the <laughs> right like no i did it wrong i should have done it the other way right instead of that we have to be like okay where's the lesson where is the gift you know How is this going to help me to become better in the future? Right, things like that. So, um, I'll give an example. I actually had an experience very recently um, with someone who did some technical work for me, and it turned into like a massive, uh, a a, a massive issue. Right. We'll just we'll just put it like that. Right. A massive issue, and uh, and my first thought was like oh my god I can never trust this person again to ever do anything for me <laughs> right but then I was like wait a minute you know what I just learned that <laughs> this is not someone I want to hire and you know what I probably would have hired them to do something for me like a bigger project had I not found this out so it was
1: yeah
0: good. I found this out with like this little problem that I can fix for like a hundred bucks or 200 bucks, then give them a project that maybe I'm going to pay them $2,000 for, and they are going to massively disrupt (laughs) what I want, you know?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that that is some really powerful advice because everything is a learning opportunity. Even the positive things are a learning opportunity, right? excuse me, like, what are the learnings in this? Um, I remember listening to, it was um, David Meltzer talk. And he says, you know, I used to be this victim where I would um, blame everybody else for the problems around me. And I started asking myself when something would go wrong in my life, I started asking myself, what choices did I make to invite this into my life? And I was like, man, like, that is an incredible level of willingness to like own your shit, right? And that uncomfortableness that comes along. How many times don't we ask the question because we already know the answer and we don't want to hear it? Right. And so we kind of put on those blinders because we know that, that somewhere along the line, you know, I'm sure that if you look back to that situation, there are moments where this person was showing their true colors and you chose not to see it. And then you get to take the learning at the time that you take the learning before a bigger blow up and being thankful for that process is one of the most rewarding, but also hardest things to do.
0: Yeah it's, yeah, we, you know, we have our default way of thinking and it's about constantly breaking that.
1: Allison, I have loved our conversation today. I love what you're doing. I love your mission. Um, you are an amazing, beautiful human being, and I'm so glad to have you in my life. Um, if people want to follow up, if they want to get to know you more, if they want to be able to connect with you, where's the best place for them to do that?
0: Um, So really where I hang out the most is Clubhouse. You can find me right under my name on Clubhouse. Allison France is my uh, username. Um, Because of Clubhouse, I'm also on Instagram a lot now, which I never used to be. Um, My handle there is Allison France 1. And of course, you can always find me on Facebook uh, by my name. My name is spelled A-L-Y-S-O-N. I have an unusual spelling, so I always like to uh, point that out. And uh, you can find me either on my personal or, or business page on Facebook. And I also have a Facebook group.
1: I love it. And we'll put all of those links in the show notes. So people have um, easy access to them. So if you're looking to connect with Allison, which you absolutely should, those links will be in the show notes. All right, before we wrap up, I have to end with a random round. Are you okay with a couple of questions? Absolutely. All right. If you could time travel, where would you go and why? I
0: think I would, oh, this is so interesting. so I, there is a part of me that likes to go back to my childhood, like those early, early years, because um, I really, I really love those years. But then there's this part of me that like wants to go back to like, um, like ancient Egypt. So I mean, I think it's like a tie between you know, you know, the young years that like I, I just want to go back and experience them again and like see what it would be like but then it's like, then there's like that that fascination, cool stuff. Like, like take me to like ancient Egypt. Let me like go live in a pyramid or something. like
1: <laughs> Yeah. I can definitely relate to that. I think that, you know, there, there comes a point in time on this journey where you want to know what you missed, right? Like when you weren't looking, what really happened and you feel it it, it would be amazing to be able to go back and, and have those experiences again and hear what was said to you when you weren't listening and take all that in. I think that that's so amazing. And Egypt just sounds cool Cool. I mean, the pyramids. That, that's enough. Um, I love it. All right. If you could do anything other than what you're doing now, any profession, what do you think would be fun to attempt?
0: Huh. Um. It would have to be some. It would have to be something leadership related. I don't know. First woman president will say.
1: There you go. There you go. It could happen. Um, all right. Resources. Do you like to read them? Do you like to listen to them when you consume content? What's your preferred method?
0: Probably listening. I think listening is my first choice reading second.
1: Okay. And as far as books are concerned, is there a book that you have gifted to people the most or recommended the most?
0: So I have recommended to a lot of people Power Versus Force by David Hawkins because uh, for me, it was a game changer. I was like, this is the answer to everything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All the world's problems. This is the answer.
0: Filled in all the blanks. (laughs) I
1: love it. All right. And last but not least, everybody who knows me knows I'm a music nerd and I have to expand my library. So what is your pump up song? What song can you just not have a bad day when you listen to it?
0: Salsa anything salsa. I, I I can send you a salsa playlist if you want. I mean, you've heard some of my songs, right? Yeah,
1: can- I love it. You do get some dancing going on in your um, mindset mastery course, which is amazing. So uh, it, was, it was great because we were over Zoom and all of a sudden she was like, okay, get up and dance. I'm like, what? What kind of meeting <laughs> is this? And I love it. Um, awesome. Allison, you are amazing. Thank you so much for coming on with me. I really appreciate your time and thank you for all of the insight you've shared with the audience today.
0: And thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun.